Hi, this is Kevin Eastman, co-creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and co-creator of the new series Drawing Blood. You're listening to me on Canned Air. To another episode of Can Dare, your tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. And returning to the show today, uh, we had this gentleman on the show not too long ago. Had a hell of a good time with him. Uh, on to talk about his show, comics, watching comics on Amazon Video. He, back to talk about season six. We welcome back Kevin Goatee. Thanks so much for being back with us, Kevin. Always a pleasure. Thanks for the uh, the return journey with you guys. It's always a pleasure. We're going to have a hell of a time today, I think. Indeed. It's going to be fun. We're going to dodge that sophomore slump, have a show every bit as good as the first one. Excellent. <laughs> In our retro roundtable, this was Jake's idea. We're going to be talking yeah. about the best, I guess our favorite, bad games. And that can be video, board, party game. Like what, you, you know it of... sucks, but God help you, it just it does something for you. Any game you can think of. Any game you can think of. So I think that'll be fun, a lot of fun. Um, it challenged me, which is a good thing when doing this segment. It's I don't I think if they roll off too easily, then it just becomes a yeah, list that you rattle off. But when you have to sit and think about it, there's a story behind it. Seeds a little conversation. I like it. Uh, then in the comic vault, what are we talking about, gentlemen? I got something uh, called Tunnel, one of the many short comics by Ryan Andrews. Okay. It's a nice little self-contained kind of existentially terrifying deal with a really, uh, really striking, almost somewhat minimal art style. I'm, I'm loving it, so I'm eager to talk. Should about that it. sound familiar to me for any reason? That sounds kind of familiar. I don't believe I've talked about it in the past, but but not that you have. Is it somebody maybe we've encountered at a con? I wonder. I don't know. Hmm. Sounds, sounds familiar. familiar. Not to you? Mm-mm. Okay. Maybe I'm just hearing things up my ass. I don't know. It's very possible. <laughs> what about you? Mine was a fun one. Uh, Battle Pug. Come to find out that five minutes before I left to come here, that we had already talked about it on the show. But it's a great one. But yeah, it was. It's good. worth mentioning yep. again. <laughs> yeah. All right. A few of the things we'll be talking about there, and then we're going to turn our full attention over to Kevin and talk about season six of Comics Watching Comics. But before we do all of that, Mr. Runyon. Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. I've said it a million times. I'm going to say it a million more. If you like us, if you like what we do, please head to one or all of these three social networking outlets and like, share, and retweet. And just get involved because we like the interaction. We like to know people are listening and we like to tailor what we do to those people. You know, so if you've got suggestions, comments, concerns, you know what? I'll even take hate mail. Yeah, oh, whatever. Yeah, there you go. I still fantasize about getting hate mail one of these days. Like, yes, my reach is big enough. <laughs> We're finally pissing people off. So then we could do like Conan and do hate mail. Oh, like read the shit on on the, the what, mean it? tweets. Would you call it hate mail? Hate mail. Oh, just hate mail. Yeah. Is I that like hate mail and taints? <laughs> I think. Did I just Unholy have a stroke? What happened? Man. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, head on down, follow, retweet, like, share on Twitter and Facebook. No, on Twitter, we are at Canned Air Pod. On Instagram and Facebook, we are at Canned underscore Air. Nope. Did I mix those up? It's Canned Air Pod for Facebook. Facebook and Twitter, at Canned Air Pod. Instagram, at Canned underscore Air. Welcome there to we Canned go. Air, Jake. We'll, Hi, we'll hey, walk you around hey, the hey, studio and show you the place after we're done. After. This is <laughs> oh, Lord. Any hoozle. Um, also, uh, Patreon. 
you know? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. We we work reasonably hard, I'd like to think, and we make this show available for free, but it's not really free to make. So if you appreciate what we're doing, throw a couple of bucks our way. It doesn't take much. It goes a very long way. If you hit that $5 mark, you have access to our Founders Club Patreon-exclusive podcast, which is a hell of a lot of fun to make, and uh, I think people enjoy it quite a bit as well. From what we've heard, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, We do it once a month, and uh, next month, gentlemen, will be one year or no we're coming up on the year almost a year on a year so uh yeah that gives you an idea how many episodes are out there what 11 i think now did we just record 11 i'm i never remember the numbers it doesn't matter there's episodes to listen to that's what i'm getting at with two numbers (laughs) yes exactly so five dollars gets you access to all that and if you're going to a Wizard World convention, at checkout, in the promo box, can there, no space, get a cool 10% off your con ticket expenses. Anything else, gentlemen? I think Let's that covers it. it. Let's kick yeah. it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. And here we go. All right, guys. The best worst games. Uh, Jake, this is your category. Kick us off. off. I'm going to start us off with a video game. I've got some more analog options here, but this is the thing that kind of brought it to mind. I swear to God, if you say Witcher, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Uh, Dark Souls. Dark Dark Souls. Jeremy, I would never say that because those are phenomenal games. They just seem to work their way into every every game (laughs) category. I was like, he's found another way to bring them up. A hell All right, so anyway, long before The Witcher became the big hit it is today. (laughs) No, um, when I was younger, uh, my pride and joy was my Nintendo 64. I got it as a gift for getting through, I think, the second grade. And it was the biggest, most interesting, expensive thing I owned. Mm-hmm. And it was mine. Mm-hmm. I didn't share it with my sister. I mean, I did, but it wasn't like a joint we thing. We had to share yeah, as yeah. much as we didn't want it to. It didn't belong to my parents, but I got to use it. Like, it was my Nintendo. And I was protective of it, and I loved the damn thing. And I used to go to Blockbuster every week and rent a new game and try them out. And, and it was weird, because when I was younger, I didn't have a concept of bad games. There were games that I really, really liked. Some games I could do without. But I never blamed the game. I always just assumed, like, oh, this isn't for me, or oh, I'm not very good. So when I brought home Superman 64, that one fateful day, (laughs) I played a few minutes of that absolute reeking dumpster fire, and I thought that I sucked. Getting caught in walls and glitched out, this and that, and just not having any fun at all. I'm like, man... What a shame that I'm not better at this game. I can actually have fun playing it. Did you ever get past the opening ring thing? Absolutely not. No. Let me tell you what kind of patience I had, son. <laughs> I beat it. Not the game. But the opening. The scene. opening. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I did get three levels in. And uh, it did get more fun once you got in. Controls were still horrible. Oh, but yeah. yeah perfect example of the game that qualifies this this uh category <laughs> but, right you know here. when i first got it home i was excited and playing around with it for a while i was like yeah it was a christmas sweet. gift for me and i have oh, it downstairs it. yeah oh, i've still sorry. got it downstairs wow. in my collection uh, but yeah i i'll probably never like go into the game slot of the console again no. <laughs> no you know that that game popped into my head not too long ago and I decided to look up some reviews from that time just for shits and giggles, see if I wasn't the only one. And I saw one from long ago from uh, GameSpot. And uh, 
their little blurb to sum up the review was Superman 64 exists solely to be a firm establishment of the bottom of the barrel. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I even yeah. played that game. I don't even remember that for Nintendo 64. I Nintendo 64 as well. And, uh, but it never, it, I never even heard of that one. I missed that one. That's for the best, I think. That came out around when the animated series came out. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it was very much in that style. A real blocky face. Yeah. That's exactly. Yeah. It was that yeah. Bruce Tim uh, style yeah. of animation for sure. And I wonder, I was just sitting here thinking as you were talking about it, I wonder if there were any uh, level like stage jumping like codes for that game. Because That's a good question. If you could maybe jump ahead past that bullshit there's something race against time. There, yeah. You know, there, I think there might be, again, not a good game in there, but no, some but playable content. Small amount of entertainment. I yeah. Mean, when you're the most powerful person on earth, surely there's some fun to be Sure, had, right? sure. Well, Kevin, what about you? I have a few I wrote down for my Super Nintendo days. Terminator 2, a side-scrolling game, which is just bad, but it's just a nice trip down memory lane for the movie. Um, Beavis and Butthead. Oh, man. It's Mighty Morphin Power Rangers game, which, very easy, but... And I hate when people do this, but it's, in a sense, very racist. And, I, again, I hate pulling this out. This is what, what the, an uber-liberals uber are doing. If you look at the Morphin Power Rangers game and you go look at the Black Ranger, it is like a, like, like a, one of those, like, renditions you saw. Oh, my like, God, yes. and shit. Go Google Black Rangers, uh, Power Rangers Super Nintendo. It's just like, uh, I'm, I'm trying to think the exact term it is. I know exactly um, was, what you mean. But I was like, Jesus. I mean, I played it again because I have it, the the mini NES, Super NES Classic, Mini NES Classic. But it, it, it is like, holy shit. I'm like, that, wow. I didn't no, realize that game was on that console. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I downloaded a bunch of them. I go, wow. It's like a... Um, What's the right? I forgot what it's called, but it's like when the old, uh, you know, the exaggerated, you know, all that stuff. Take a look at it and you go, holy shit. So just for that, I yeah. got to. And it's such a touchy thing because, you know, I know how to describe it, but I don't even want to because it sounds so horrible. But I know I know <laughs> what you're talking about because I just uh, within the past, well, just this past May, there was a gaming convention that came to town and I picked up that game. Uh, I also have Beavis and Butthead downstairs, and that's another one that just makes you want to pull your hair out. It's like unplayable almost. It is a but, nightmare, dude. Right? But um, got no time to react to anything. I noticed that in the Power Ranger game because I thought, "Holy shit, man! That is like that is noticeable. That's some Jim Crow shit. It's some kind yeah, of yeah. I mean, show you know, the first like, all right, everyone's trying to make something out like you know, oh, that's just racist. It's like, no, relax. Like, we don't have to go and, and be a hero for everything. But I'm watch. I play the game. Go. Wow. Uh, the Japanese just did not give a fuck back in 1994 or whatever, five or whatever. Pirate just came out. But yeah, that was, I mean, it was really egregious. So there you go. Those are my three games I pulled out. Yeah, it's, oh my God. I'm looking it at it. It gets worse and worse. It gets so much worse. Look at that. God. It looks like um, the way they used to <laughs> portray African American people in like, late 1800s like slave auction kind of things like yeah, just in a horrible horrible light not that that was ever their intention here i mean they're using the best you know they they've got i don't think anyone's at least i hope not sat here with racist intention when designing this game at the same time <clears throat> i can't imagine anyone designing this game went like yeah this is what a person looks like you yeah. know it's, it's it so doesn't even look like but when person. you're using no. only a few pixels yeah 
I don't know, but my God. I mean, a few pixels. I mean, I, I mean, how many games have we played before where, you know, obviously a ton of black characters, but you're like, they went above and beyond to, to go, we don't give a shit and we don't even care. And <laughs> no one's going to notice because it's the Power Rangers. But, you know, when it's that exaggerated, you're like, wow, <laughs> wow. It's, it's, nice yeah. it's like, it's, you know, it's like a minstrel show. That's what, it's, that's what I'm trying to think of. Those old minstrel show cartoons. Or, yes, or yes. That's, that's, there you go, guys. I knew I'd get to it. Like there uh, are some old like uh, Looney Tunes and uh, like yeah, Tom and no, Jerry yeah. that are banned for that Dark kind of stuff. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with Looney Tunes, I mean that, that was very propagandized, especially with World War II. If you catch some of those, I'm like, all right, I get it. You want to be pro-America in the time of World War II? Fine. And sometimes you know, even with the, the crows and Disney, you're like, all right, you know, it's not the best look. But I mean, but again, that's like the '40s. Is it for you know? It, it's a little more excused. Then, for then because it's just you know that was the time and now it's like dude that was the 90s like let's let, let's wow 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 so anyway I, I, that's that just struck me as odd for sure Jesus. i i haven't thought about that in a minute like it came rushing back as soon as you said that i have to save this picture now i got is that your avatar for any of you uh play uh fortnite online or whatever no i don't play no <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I want to I think I've tried it before Wasn't there a free version on Xbox that we tried It is once? free Is it free? Yeah you don't want to play it though Why? PUBG is better even though you gotta pay it pay Okay it. well you know what I don't have a PS4 to play fucking Spider-Man So I gotta make it do <laughs> okay? I got it I didn't play it yet though But is it good or no? Yeah it's really good I, I it's, I'm still on Far Cry 5 again Playing it through again which is insane Kevin, uh, you just have to open your front door and listen closely, and you'll hear good reviews on the game. Yeah, yeah. Like they're coming. No, no, no I already bought. I have everywhere. it sitting, my, sitting right on top of my uh, PS4. I just want to make sure it's, uh, you know, it's as delightful as advertised. It should be coming in from the fillings on your teeth at this point. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. Yeah, like, I, I, everyone said it's dope. I was curious if you guys actually had it and played it. But all right. Jack, what do you got? The old Atari game that I loved when I was a kid, but play it now. There's no way. No, no, That's what I was going to say. (laughs) No, Yars Revenge. Oh, Um, yeah. There's really no point and no end, of course, because it was Atari, and those games didn't really have ending then. But right now with the controls, they're too simple, maybe? I don't know. My reaction time isn't as good as it used to be. got to guide that rocket thing into him. And, and then dodge the, the spiraling yeah. death sphere when it comes shooting out at you. Yeah. It's one Unplay- of those things. I can't play it anymore. And you I've just throw it. your hands up, and you're like, yep. all right. That game uh, actually was like one of the only uh, Atari titles to have a story. Have a story, it. yep. Yeah, yeah, remember it came with a comic to it. Yeah. Right. I got that comic on the shelf back yep, here somewhere. But... Uh, yeah, I, I thought I was right in the same boat with Kevin. I thought you were going to say E.T. Because no, no, no. as horrible as that game was as a kid, as much as I loved E.T., I would play the shitty game sure. just simply because it was E.T. I played that game when I was a kid, and I, I didn't understand it. I couldn't do anything. I'd fall in the pit, and that was it. So I'd, it'd come but right at the back same out time, of the system. I'm E.T., you know? <laughs> wow. That's all it took. All right, what do I have here? This is a uh, board game. I don't know if you guys remember uh, Tornado Rex at all. No. No, no this was... Be damned if that doesn't sound familiar, though. It was a, uh, you know, a generic take on, like, the Tasmanian Devil, I guess. But the, the whole board, it came in a great big box. I have it in the basement still. I don't have all the pieces, so we couldn't play it. Otherwise, we would be playing the shit right now. <laughs> yeah, seriously. 
but uh, it comes in two pieces and it assembles into like this, uh, I don't know, a path that folds over itself about four times, winding up the cliff to a mountaintop. And all you, the game pieces are these little hikers and you have to roll dice and draw cards, you know. So many steps ahead, so many steps back. Here comes an avalanche that sets you back this so far. But the whole point is to get to the top, to the summit, without encountering Tornado Rex, the beast who lives up there. And all this thing was was like a wind-up uh, top that you set down on the top of the mountain peak. And then when you hit a button, this top would come spinning down. Sounds like Fireball Fireball Alley, I think it was. Fireball Island. Fireball Holy Island. Shit. I was going to say that for this. <laughs> I had That's still a staple in my family, whenever we get together, it's still a staple in my family. That game is insane and has provided many hours of hilarity, uh, hatred, and constant cheating. <laughs> Fireball Island. I'm, you know, I'm sure this has been, um, this gimmick has been used across many different games. Oh, sure. But uh, I've never heard of Fireball Island. So is it, does it sound like I just described? Yeah, it's a big game? volcano with a path going up it, and you got to knock the ball off, and hopefully it doesn't roll down the path you're on and knock uh, it off. No, sir. I will take it from here. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> you must capture a jewel, which is at the top of the, of the island, and then escape with said jewel uh, from everybody else and, and then not get fireballed in the process. That is the goal of Fireball Island. This looks way more elaborate than Tornado Rex. <laughs> this looks fun. This <laughs> looks fun. The last and the glass, as uh, What's Your Face in the Jersey Shore would say. It is a fun-ass game. Mm, I'm going to have to play that. That looks fun. Yeah. Wow, and that I tell you what, if you, you know, I'll do one more for you. If you watch the movie Big, which we all have, I think in the background when the infamous keyboard scene goes down, there are a shitload of Fireball Islands stacked up on each other. So the, the, to oh, the point where for real? I was watching Big, I took the picture of it, and I, I sent it to all my family members, and they got a kick out of it. So that's, oh, that's uh, nice. That's cool. So I, I was looking at pictures of Tornado Rex while you described this, and damn, that is a shameless, blatant, uh, Tasmanian Devil ripoff. Oh, there's no doubt. It's just a palette swap. He's got the same shape <laughs> and everything. He really does. He really does. But, um, you know, I think I played the game maybe a couple times, but the most fun I had with it was just setting up these little hikers like they were bowling pins and sending this <laughs> top going down to see how far across the room he could yeah. knock them. Well, that's what happens with those board games where they sell them on the gimmick. Like, oh, God, what was it? Mousetrap? I was just going to yes, say, very mousetrap syndrome here. Mouse 45 minutes of setup, 15 seconds of gameplay. Okay, so there were no dice. You just drew cards to see how many steps you moved forward. And then if you drew the Tornado Rex card, uh-oh. Everybody fucking loses because it's such a narrow path. Like, it looks like up the mountain there are paths you can take to that'll get you around a Tornado Rex attack, but it takes like more four extra spaces four extra spaces to walk them than to take the two that, that leave you right in his path. I don't know. I want to play it now. <laughs> make for a cool video. <clears throat> All right, Jake, we are back to you. Let's talk about shitty board games while we're on the subject. Uh, Candyland. When I was very, very, very young, I always got excited to play Candyland mm -hmm. with the family. And I don't know how much you remember of Candyland. I have never played Candyland. Okay, Land. well, let me sum it up for you, because there's not much to it. It is a game bereft of skill. 
the cards have colors that you move yeah. to the next color. I mean, right? aren't it, all board games pretty much that same way? Well, there's no element of strategy. Sorry has strategy. Yeah. No you do realize that Candyland was built in mind for those. I think the ages were like what two two years and about two to six years of age. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you taking a preschool toy to task, Jake. Was, well, hear me out. <laughs> you can make a kid a kid's game, a board game for young young children, and it can still be worth something. Candyland's not worth a shit, all right? It's got colorful little squares, red and green and yellow and purple and whatever the fuck, and you draw cards that have a corresponding color, and you move to the next space of that color. That's it? That, that's there it. more to it than that? No. Sometimes you get a face card that takes you ahead in the game, but it would never take you backwards, so it's okay. You can only make <laughs> progress. It was like as soon as you set the deck of card downs, your fate was preordained. Someone was going to win... The rest yeah. were going to lose based on the order of those cards. And you get to the last space, and it's like a wild space. So that's, that's the way it. poker is, though. Too you'd cheer because you'd win. Well, yeah, but, yeah, you can but kinda... you're playing your opponent. Yeah. Poker. If you've got a shitty hand, that's you true. can bluff the other guys. In Candyland, you are totally at the mercy of the order of these cards. And boy, I loved it when I was tiny. But mm-hmm. growing, growing up, I realized pretty quickly. I'm like. This is bullshit, isn't it? This kind of sucks. <laughs> there was a turtle game, uh, board game that came out that was very much, I think, using the Candyland template yeah. like that. Because, again, I ended up just playing with little cardboard characters instead of playing the stupid game itself. Right. But, all right. Uh, Kevin, we are back to you. I didn't like Bases Loaded. I'm sorry. I, I'm a Baseball Stars guy. Bases Loaded was kind of weak. Bases, baseball Stars, you could create your own players and all that shit, get points and create your own team. Base, bases Loaded, I know for some reason, was just kind of weak. I know, no, I'm sorry, not Bases Loaded. The regular old base, like Nintendo Baseball. Like that was that was kind okay. of half-assed. Not a fan of that. Uh, so they came out with different baseball games, got better. Of course, Ken Griffey Jr. Baseball being the best. Thank you very much. But uh, that was a weak one, I thought. I was not... My parents were proud of getting baseball, you know, get that free for Christmas. You go, ah, and they were too happy with my ah on Christmas Day. So go figure. Only time I ever had a baseball game was on my Atari Twenty Six Hundred, and I think that's the last time I've ever had a baseball. I had one for my Game Gear. Okay, that was a wow. That's a shout from the past. Yeah, Yeah, I need to get mine out. I haven't played that in a while. It's so much fun. Yeah, so fun. Columns, dude. Collins is the shit. Oh my god! I've got that theme music from Columns on my phone, ready to go at a moment's notice. And you know what else I've got on my Game Gear? What's that? Power Rangers. Fuck yeah! Wonder if there's any racist shit in that game. Bet there is. Cleaned it up a little bit. Is. Isn't that the whole reason they got rid of uh, the the? uh, I don't remember the girl's name who played Trini. As the Yellow Ranger. She was Asian as the Yellow right. Ranger. Trini? Trini was her name? Yeah, and then the African-American guy as the Black Ranger, you know. It seemed Way that. too color coded. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah, after that they kind of switched up the colors. It's like, you don't understand. Everyone stays in their place. <laughs> yeah, but then they, like, they switched uh, the sex of the people, and they put... What the uh, the African American girl in the yellow, and then the Asian guy, in, yeah, in the black. It's like they just hit the shuffle button. As the black, right? It had been you crazy. They brought in new Rangers, and they start going you for fell the for it too. <laughs> You're right. Hold on there. <laughs> that one's not for There's you. There's a system in place here. <laughs> uh, who are we back to, Jack? Mine is a card game beloved card game that they turned digital oh which is uno uno Fuck, i don't sucks. think uno qualifies for this 
category. Why? Because that is a great game. It is a great game, but if you want to play online with your friends, remember we got duped oh, into you know spending what? ten bucks on that one on three or on the Xbox. And ended I don't up think he was known. in on that. Me, Jack, and Kyle one night. Maybe you were. We all got the Uno bug, and we're like, let's get Uno on the Xbox One, and we'll all sit at home and play. I Uno. was definitely Kyle not part of first. that. I got burnt out on Uno in a big way. <laughs> <laughs> this is after we thought that knitting uh, quilts wouldn't be a fun idea right, that yeah. night, you know. So doing crosswords and shit like that. But <laughs> it was, no, it was my Reno trip. I guess my buddy and his roommates had this grand tradition game night. Uno was the big centerpiece. They'd play Risk, they'd play this and that, then they'd play fucking Uno. And they had all of these custom cards they made where they just take a Sharpie and scroll over another card. One of them was, it was like the nuclear bomb, and you had to pick up all the discards. And guess whose stupid ass got that every single oh, time? God. It was me. And then they did another card. Of, oh, shit, I guess wrong. No, not the same. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, man. The thing with Brooke and I, we will buy Uno decks, we'll lose them. We go buy another one, lose them, go buy another one, lose them. So there's all kinds of Uno decks around this place. We used to play. Insulated the walls. <laughs> used to play efficient. viciously when we would play. <laughs> we had some friends back home that we would go over to their house like around. I don't know, 10, 11 o'clock at night, and we'd stay up to like 3, 4 o'clock in the morning playing. We had friends that we did that with too. And my God, was it fun. And sometimes we just, you know, play while we talk. Other times we had pen and paper out. We were like, get to get score scores. and like taking it pretty seriously. But uh, yeah, what a fun game. But yeah, we, we all chipped in the $10 at night to buy it and then the online does not work. Yeah, they didn't support it at all and you can <laughs> so only play by yourself. We all, oh, it. No. all downloaded it, sat there, waited. None of us could oh, man. Bullshit game. Glad I wasn't there for that. And oh, after that, shit. we just sent Kyle all kind of pictures of lemons after that. <laughs> oh, just yeah. Let him eat it. That's what it was. Yeah. 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 Like, I, I remember that. Some kind of fucking lemon apocalypse. You sold us a lemon cow. <laughs> that was hilarious. I, like, woke up to all these messages and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Yeah, because like overnight we just bombarded him with lemon gifts <laughs> <Yep>. and pictures. <laughs> oh, great right. game, but yeah, that video game blew. Well, that was dog shit. <laughs> Ten bucks down the shitter. What a shame. I will end the segment as we're running a little long uh, with this game that I thought was fantastic. It did not get a good rating, but it was an Xbox game. Um, Obi-Wan. Did you guys play this? No, I didn't. Mm-mm. It, it, it was just you play as Obi-Wan through the Phantom Men- Menace events. And um, I think the reason it didn't do well is because of the controls on it. Mm. This was not a game where, say, X swings you know, in from the right, or if you hit Y, he'll swing it a different way. Like, one joystick controlled which way you walked. The other joystick was your lightsaber. And oh, in oh. kind of a way, the, with the way you would move it, almost like in a Wii controller, it would follow your movement. And I don't think a lot of people got that, and because I think it got accused of sloppy controls. But I I melded with it, sure. And it made it to this day has been one of the most elaborate like lightsaber fighting games I've ever played. I've never seen anything come like the follow ups to that were like then the movie games, and they were just so generic. Like, <laughs> do you remember Episode One for PlayStation? What a piece of shit that was. No, I don't. Mm-mm. I don't. I had it. It was terrible. I remember the Pod Racer game for yeah, sixty four. 
Yeah. How was that? I mean, that video game, it was okay in the arcade, but I mean, I don't remember it being. Oh, the great. arcade experience is so much better yeah, than yeah. the 64 course, experience. Yeah. But um, I remember that game being borderline unplayably hard. Yeah, no, there was. Fucking brutal. What was the. There was uh, another Star Wars. Was it just Rogue One on. Rogue Squadron, maybe. Rogue Squadron, yeah. thank you. That was a good one. That was good. Damn good game. They've all the Rogue Squad. What, there was three of FMV them? FMV cutscenes and all that. Yeah. Between consoles, I think there were three to four of the, those games, and uh, I adored all of them. They were yeah. so good. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't like a certain game. It wasn't like, okay, this is a run and slash. Also remember, was it, the, was it the Boba Fett one for PS2, I believe? Yes, the Bounty Hunter. The Bounty Hunter. I, I had that. That's it. That's a, that was pretty decent. That was. And what about, um, oh, uh, uh, there was a like a, cl- a clone. The Republic Com- Commando. Republic that was amazing. Oh, no, 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 no. Shadow, Shadow of the Empire for 64. That was fucking dope. That was oh, a really good game. Yeah, what was that? Was like Drax? Dash Rendar. Dash, Dash Rendar. Rendar. Yep. Thank you. Yeah, that was a good game. Damn, so many good. good Star Wars games to look back so on. So many shitty ones. It's like so a many shitty wash. Ones. There's so what many great more titles. Good than shitty, I'll say. Yeah. Buying a Star Wars game back in the day was like playing Russian roulette. Like, you just don't know. <laughs> Flip a coin on this. Yeah, <laughs> Russian roulette with three chambers loaded instead Ooh, of just boy. one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's move on. That was a lot of fun, though. I still have a shit ton of titles here. This I is know. one we need to revisit. I think so. So, uh, but uh, before we do that, we have merch for sale, ladies and gentlemen. Society6.com forward slash Pod T-shirts, mugs, Cozies, decals, towels, losing momentum, bathroom mats. I don't know what else to say. Condoms. (laughs) Condoms. The canned air condom. (laughs) Uno decks. (laughs) Oh, boy. Oh, shit. That'd be cool. I wonder if you can do that. Like, I know there are, you can, like, probably certain companies order customized, like, playing card decks. I wonder if Uno offers that same kind of service. Oh, shit, you guys. You know what? Throughout the rest of this month, and I think into October, keep an eye on our Instagram, well, not Instagram, Facebook, social media stuff, because they're doing a lot of sales on different stuff. Jake, you hear that? Oh, yeah. You're going to be on that, right? (laughs) That's me. On Twitter. The guy who's on stuff. He's on it. He's going to be letting you know when that that sale's coming around, so you can be like, wow, I can save... Now's the time. What, 10% off my, my T-shirt? Is that yeah. typically what it is? Like Usually 25%. Or our canned air condoms. Get a little canned air on you or in you. Done and done. Midnight Pacific on Monday, today, 30% off. It ends tonight. So so they won't. So, you, you already missed out. So. Being is that we're recording this three days before it posts. It's if gone. you were watching social media back in the past. For the next would, 10 minutes only. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, society6.com forward slash Bod, Go buy some shit, people. All right. With that, let's swing open the door to the comic vaults. Where should we start this week? I got a little something. Do you? Yeah. Uh, like I said, Tunnel by Ryan Andrews. Mm-hmm. Uh, you find him on Twitter at HeyRyanA, H-E-Y-R-Y-A-N-A. Uh, I'm going to give you the full rundown of this comic because it's short and he's got a lot of stuff out there and it's all phenomenal, so I don't feel like I'm taking too much from him but it's a very simple premise you start with a guy who's taking a bath you notice there's a tile on his wall that's loose it falls off the wall into the tub and there's a hole in behind it just a just emptiness he looks at it closely blinks and thinks he sees a little tiny humanoid figure in the hole shakes his head and it's gone so he gets up to investigate starts pulling away tiles and it's this huge hole into a tunnel somehow impossibly he flashes a light inside, and it's full of these roaches. F- 
freakishly large bugs that swarm him out and burst through the window. And not knowing what else to do, he crawls inside, and the hole gets bigger and longer. Again, there's no way it could be contained in this space in his home till he finds he's in this warren, and suddenly he's about the size of a roach, and these horrible insects are colossal, chasing him toward the other end. He finally sees a light on the outside, takes a step. He looks down, and it cuts to that panel of him in the bath looking up at what he thinks is a humanoid figure in the hole in his wall. It's this little Kafka-esque nightmare just going on a loop. And I thought that was pretty wild, you know? No dialogue. It's starting to sound like being John Malkovich. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It kind of gives off that vibe. But yeah, just a sort of understated, creepy, existentially weird vibe. And uh, very much in line with what this guy does. And it's all wonderful. So I'd urge anyone to check him out at Hey Ryan A. Uh, I'll be posting pictures and links and all that noise. That sounds really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. It was a nice little... uh, like getting getting stuck in with that one, it was it was a nice little diversion, almost like mm. a palate cleanser from the stuff I'm used to reading. <laughs> it fucks with your head, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I like that. Cool, Jake. You want to go next? Yeah, I'll go next. Jake brought this one back in December last year, but I didn't realize it until <laughs> I didn't think he did a good enough job. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure how it's done. This one. <laughs> God called Battle Pug from Mike Norton. He's at the Mike Norton. He's also on Facebook. At the the Battle Pug comic, I believe it is. But it starts out kind of like the Princess Bride. It's a person telling a couple other beings a story. And the beings are two pugs, and it's this hot woman laying in bed naked. Oh, I forgot that's how it opens up. She's gorgeous, man. Every time it cut back to her telling a story, just watch those panels for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Now they're all stuck together. But she tells them the story of Battle Pug, which is about this... Oh kind of an Eskimo-esque tribe in the northern lands of a land far away that there was this little boy that loved to play with toys and just live life and his mom loved him. The dad was mad because he didn't want to be a hunter. He didn't want to go the way the men do. And the dad ended up going on the big hunt with the rest of the warriors in the tribe never to be seen again. Next thing you know, a giant harp seal, baby baby cute little white seal <laughs> giant huge a gigantic baby seal yeah comes and just destroys the whole town <laughs> only one left is the kid and he vows you know that he's not going to be able to play anymore that he's going to get revenge next comes up a bunch of little elves dressed in red and green <laughs> stripes they take him farther north to where they live the elf the elf city i can't remember what it was called and bring him to their king which is a Kind of a, a heavy set guy in a red long jacket with a long white beard. Who the, could it be? Yeah, there's candy canes all <laughs> over the place. And they bring him to the king. It's and, Satan, isn't it? It's Satan. <laughs> <laughs> they bring him to the king and let him know what happened. And the king says, Yeah, you can stay here as a servant. So the kid le- lives there for the next so many years as a servant during the day. And at night, they had him basically as a gladiator. So oh, wow. Okay. So he ends up turning into a. He kind of looks like Conan when he gets older. Long black hair, super muscular. Then all of a sudden, I guess that baby seal grew up and decided to attack these people. (laughs) So he decides, I'm going to tell the king, I'll go ahead and take care of this. Because this is what happened. You know, this this seal destroyed my town, so I'm going to go ahead and kill it. So he takes a candy cane, destroys the seal, goes back to the king, and the king's appreciative says you can be free now of your slavery. <laughs> so 
as the the child he doesn't ever have a name he's not a child anymore he's a man he decides that he's gonna go ahead and live his life and leave and as you see him walking away from the town that he was living in with the elves and santa it's all on fire he just destroys that whole place you know what is it about the baby seal that's so attractive to some of these comic artists? It made me <laughs> think of the crawdad's theme, yeah. Crawdad's welcome, where the baby seal was plowing the dude's wife at the end <laughs> yeah, of the comic. Right, yeah. Remember that? Yep. that shit God, was my so, favorite part so is so funny. He's got those little flippers and he's just pushing on a tits. <laughs> it's, just, yeah, yeah. it's like such a ginger hold. He's got there. Oh my oh, god, that was funny. It had me cracking right. up later on because as the the warriors walking through the the forest or whatever he hears like a couple grunts and snorts behind him he turns around and there's this giant pug sitting there staring at him so he <laughs> like thinks the size of battle cat though. it's <laughs> huge it's like it's probably two stories tall i don't know it's huge. giant like yeah. clifford yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. yep he looks at it like it's a threat takes his sword whips the sword at him and the pug just kind of dodges it turns around and runs for the sword fetches it <laughs> yeah and then all of a sudden, he when he comes up to another town that's decimated, finds this witch giant witch frog that destroyed that town, <laughs> and he's getting ready to to kill the warrior. Next thing you so, know, you see a sword coming through the the back of the frog. The dog brought the sword back, stabbed the the frog. I wonder if Kevin would mind me calling this episode "Giant Witch Frog." <laughs> <laughs> Boys, it's your show, Susan. <laughs> I think we have a working title, boys. Giant witch frog it is. Well, you know, that is what they called me in high school. So. <laughs> Look at this guy. Zing. <laughs> Zing. Very good. Thank Later you. on, as the warrior makes friends with the pug, he's riding them across this big open prairie. They find about four or five guys standing in the middle of the prairie, and they're all saying, you can't come past here. Don't come past here. The warrior takes it as a threat and was like, what, are you going you gonna to hurt us? He's like, no, there's evil beings out in there. that they, There used to be ten of us. They're all dead now. And he's like, where? I don't see anything. Next thing you know, you see just a bunch of groundhogs popping their heads up. <laughs> so he's like, whatever. So he goes out to kill the groundhogs. Next thing you know, all the groundhogs jump out of their holes and form this giant groundhog. Oh, man, really? <laughs> yeah, it was so freaky looking. Misty looked over. She's like, what the hell is that thing? It's like, this story's Great pretty question. damn good. Yeah. Like the, the guy on Rick and Morty who's made of ants. <laughs> <laughs> million, or is it billion ants? How many ants is he? I don't remember. I don't, I don't, yeah. Oh, very good, though. With the power of a million ants. <laughs> what was it called again? Battle Pug. Battle Pug. Totally worth checking out. I love that one. All right. It's for sale on Amazon also. It's 300 and some pages, and he finished it a couple years ago, actually. So it's actually a, a complete story. <laughs> a book that's finished is a book I like to buy. Mm -hmm. There you go. All right. Very good. Um, I am kind of splitting my uh, vault entry here between two things. One, I... I'm going to touch on my free comic book day Bongo Comics Simpsons offering. If there's huh. one thing you can always count on with free comic book days, if you get out early enough, there's always one of these every mm -hmm. year. It's a it's a Simpson comic just packed full of um, little shorts. Some of the some of the old Bongo comics back in the day they were uh, complete stories like linear stories. Like I, there was a whole Bartman series that ran. Which was fun, but these are more in the vein of like uh, kind of Mad Magazine, where it's just a bunch of different artists and writers do a bunch of different small sketches. Like a one-page story. Some of them, not all of them, but uh, the ones I'm talking about are those said one-pagers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, one of them is Hibbert just doing a be aware and play with care when it comes to video games, talking about how he had a 
bad uh, experience playing Pac-Man once where he played it so long that he was trying to eat dots and hunt ghosts in his sleep or some shit. I don't remember. But it shows all these different things like you can get, like Millhouse getting a cramped thumb from playing too much. Oh. Uh, well, I don't remember these twins' names from the show. Playing Dance Dance Revolution and their legs, for some reason, are have gone out of control and are breaking from playing too much. Walking into shit. Breaking your back from twisting with the weeds. Like, all these ridiculous examples. All very real concerns. Yes. Exactly. But then by the end of it... Um, Hibbert's hooked on a game himself and then that just ends the PSA and there's another one here where it's called Custy Custy Krusty's catchphrase corner there I can talk (laughs) but he goes hey kids remember when everyone was saying that's what she said well too bad because we're sending it uh, up this month's Krusty's catchphrase corner and there's a sheep saying bah that's what sheep said there's a sheep Ooh. on a camel. Ooh, <laughs> camel doesn't crusty. like me Ooh. anymore. Go behave. That, <laughs> that's what Sheik said. Charlie Sheen sitting on his couch saying winning. That's what Sheen said. You get the idea of where this is going. Horrible crusty jokes, but that's kind of the point with crusty, mm-hmm. right? Um, but that's all I wanted to touch on really quick. I finally picked up the 2016 edition <laughs> and gave it a look. It tells you about how vested I am in, in them. But at hey, the same time, current. I have all of them from the past years. It so shows how big the stack of comics you have to pick from is. I've always got something to read. <laughs> I've always got something to read. Uh, the other thing I wanted to mention, though, here in the comic vault was uh, I wanted to kind of direct people over to a GoFundMe that's going on. Uh, Some fellow podcasters, uh, we don't know them personally, but they're definitely in our uh, web of uh, fellow podcasters. Mm -hmm. Uh, We call Potter and Family, which is a a thing via social media that, you know, we kind of use to scratch each other's backs while they scratch ours. It's a big circle jerk. (laughs) It it is, but it definitely helps. it's important. Yeah, it definitely helps, and it makes contacts. Well, this gentleman, um, like so many, you know, was affected by the hurricane, but lost absolutely everything. Him and his family have lost their house, all their cars, all their possessions, everything. So there is a uh, GoFundMe that has started uh, and that we're going to be putting links up via Twitter, Facebook, all that happy shit to help direct people over that way because I just can't freaking imagine having everything just gone. And it's, I think, hard to wrap your mind around that. And I know it's also easy to be like, well, you know, I don't know this dude. not going to lend my time or thought to it. Check it out. Just check out the page. Even if you don't plan on supporting, just give it a look. Maybe pass it on to somebody you Share think might. Along. Yeah, to help this uh, family that's in need. It's it's horrible. Yeah, it's fucking horrible. So there are going to be links to this GoFundMe uh, in the episode description and on our uh, Twitter, Facebook, uh, and website. So uh, you can go to any of those places and easily click a link and uh, check it out. All right. That's all I got there. And with that, let's turn our full attention over to Kevin and talk about the sixth season of comics watching comics. Kevin, I want to thank you again for being here, but before we get too deep into season six, I think it's only fair uh, for the listeners who didn't catch you last time you were on the show. Can you give a quick recap on what comics watching comics is exactly? Oh, my third subject, me and my show. Uh, (laughs) Comics watching comics. Think of last comic standing and uh, mystery science theater 3000. 
people love to laugh, people love to watch, people who uh, watch stuff and make fun of things. We watch other comedians, uh, paddle myself and rotating other comedians who are more tenured, experienced, and definitely more successful than me. And we watch these uh, intermediate comics trying to, you know, gain some exposure. We critique, we praise, we offer advice, uh, and if they're, if they're really bad, we, uh, we shit on them. But uh, we pick a winner at the end of each season. Uh, the, the, here's a trick, though. The, and, and actually, the winning comic of each season goes on to a live show, which actually should be going on Amazon in the next week or two. Here's the trick. Oh, wow. the, uh, the, uh, the, the home audience picks their favorite panelists that they want to see come back to uh, uh, the news, uh, another season, and that's the all-star panel, which will be season seven. It's already been uh, filmed and whatnot. So that's a twist of comics watching comics. So you're going to see other comedians watching comedians and, uh, like I said, critique, praise, offer advice, all that good stuff, and with a little bit of a twist in it as well. So that's what the show is. Now, I'm very curious. I was, you know, I was going to ask you, you know, going into your sixth season, are you doing like one season a year? Is that how it's going? Have you been going six? Two, actually. Two. Okay. Yeah. In fact, I'm editing season uh, eight right now. Seven should be up in about two months, maybe three. And then uh, after that, uh, eight should be up probably November-ish, maybe December. Okay. So I'm curious then, I mean, you just obviously explained the uh, all-star panel. That seems, you know, that's obviously something that keeps these seasons connected. I think up and you, like you're saying up till season seven, where you get that all-star panel. But aside from that, I mean, from season one to the now uh, season six, how's the show evolved? It's a, it's a lot smoother. I mean, if you're, if you're watching, uh, I think it really makes a turn for the better. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's, they're all pretty good, but, I really think around season four is where we really just try. I, we, I figure out where we're going. I know how to how to shepherd everybody, if you will, and, and, and just make things smoother, funnier, better. Uh, right. I would say that's the case. And uh, we're actually in talks with the casino, a well-known casino chain in Atlanta, uh, that's you know around the country, and uh, you might be seeing a live show at a casino in uh, near you. So. Uh- you're saying a live comics watching comics, or you're just saying everybody that's on the show is going to be like doing stand up? It's going to be uh, a lot. It's a bit of both in the sense of we will be, you're going to see comedy, but then you'll see us wait until the, uh, the comic does their set because we can't interrupt them in mid set. That would be just shitty. Uh, as well as the panelists doing some time uh, you know, and all that. So you're going to see a, a bit of mi- a mixture of both. In uh, in this possible live show at the uh, the casino, that's going to be interesting because yeah. there's there's it's one thing to be you know sitting in front of a camera with some people you know and watching and critiquing and being able to uh, I guess roll off insults to someone who's not right in front of you, but with a studio <laughs> yeah. with or excuse me with an audience as well as that comic in front of you is it, is it going to be yeah is it going to be like full on roast or is it uh, I'm, I'm very no curious. no no it's not, it's not a full on I mean look it's ball busting to a degree like sure. comedians were, were notorious ball busters right right uh, the, the, the roasting I mean it's oh, I, and I hate to use the word roasting it's mostly that's for people who really really eat shit I mean there, there's ball busting no matter where you go especially in comedy but, um, yeah, it, it's going to be part of it, but definitely not the focus of it. That's for sure. I think that'll take off. I mean, as mm-hmm. much as people... Th- God damn, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're rooting for you, buddy. But no, Get I mean, me out I of think- corporate America for the love of Christ. 
Stand-up has uh, really seemed to make a big comeback, at least it seems to me, within the past two to three years. I don't know if that's just my own observation. I think it has. It's... They just seem to become a lot more shows coming around again. A lot more specials. I think think the streaming services have really helped push that along with giving people their specials and stuff, you know, greasing that wheel again. So not only being able to see a live stand up, but then people also like to see that kind of ball busting. Right. Like to see critique and, you know, with like American Idol, we like to see people get critiqued after after they perform. So, so many different levels, I think that would definitely catch on, especially in a live setting. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. And, you know, very much on that note, the kind of American Idol factor, uh, you, I imagine you see a lot of rookies and a lot of people sort of under the microscope here. What would you say is is like a common rookie mistake you run into? Like on American Idol, don't fucking sing Unchained Melody. Everyone does that. That sucks, right? Like what's the thing that people keep doing that just doesn't seem to work? Stop asking how we are. You're the 14th person to ask that. We're fucking great. Uh, not moving the mic stand out of the way is my personal annoyance. When people don't move that mic, get the fucking mic stand out of the way, for the love of Christ. I've heard that one um, a lot on the show. That, uh, having disjointed sets, you know, we want to know who you are. And I guess what I, that, here, here's our biggest one. Not getting to the funny fast enough. Like, you have five minutes. You got to come right at us with your best shit. Don't come at us with a fucking two, three-minute story and hopefully that we didn't tune out by the we don't watch the entire five minutes. Sometimes we do, not often. You better come at, at us fast and furious if you want to catch our attention, just like anything in real life. Don't come at us with some bullshit and expect us to stick around. Right. Those, I would say, are the uh, biggest complaints that some people just don't fucking understand. You know, six seasons in, you should know this by now. <laughs> <laughs> and for aspiring comedians, great advice at the same oh, time. Yeah. Thanks it, to- it sounds like, then, that there's a lot of... Uh, the attitude is really important, right? If you can't get to it quickly and be in that state sure. of mind, would you say um, maybe like a really strong attitude can make up for poor material or do they both just absolutely have to be on point? Yeah, stage presence definitely helps. It can definitely help. Uh, but I mean, you can only have the, you know, some some performers have gotten far because of their attitude, but it's, it's like the Emperor's New Clothes, but we will snip that out and go, ah, all right, there's a lot of bluster, no filler. So... And the show, and I think what's really cool in the show is, like, yeah, there's a lot of good advice for comics. What the real goal is to put the curtain, a la The Wizard of Oz, and show like John Q. Public how comedy is, how impossibly hard it is. It's not just, hey, you're funny. Why don't you go be on fucking Jimmy Fallon or Comedy Central? Like, no, it's not even. You know, that makes me say, hey, why don't you be the CEO tomorrow? Now that you're in the mailroom, you know, like what the fuck? It's just showing people how, how hard it can be go through is comedy. Yeah, I can't imagine the difficult. I mean, I've there have been several times I've thought, man, that would be something to try stand up. And every time I like try to like think of a routine or anything, I'm just like, holy shit! Like, where do you sit there thinking of the stuff is the hard part. Yeah, it's like saying, I I think I'll I'll pick up violin tomorrow. (laughs) Right. I mean, you you have to put in your, you know, pay your dues, put in your chops, and really do some research. I mean, yeah. You can pick up that violin, but you're going to suck for a long-ass time uh, until yeah. you're able to really want to go play a, a concert, you know? I mean, there's only so much knowing jokes can do. Then you have to learn how to play an audience, work with an audience, you know? And exactly. I don't know, like getting up in front of people and say, like he was saying, how's everybody doing tonight? I mean, you're, yeah. you're lending yourself to 
emptiness to yeah. quiet nothing in return. Who's thrilled? Or, or we're not even that. Or people going shitty or go fuck yourself. Like, <laughs> when you ask questions that you're not ready for the answers to, that's when the heckling, like, you know, it begins and it can just get ugly. Like, don't come out. No one gives a shit how you are. Hey, what's up? You know, how are you guys? Hey, just say, hey, guys. And then, like, hey, guys, boom. Hey, good, to, good to be here. Boom. Just get into it. Don't ask an, like an empty, open-ended, uh, an empty uh, yes or no question or something like that. It's like a rapper getting on stage and spending the first five minutes of the song going, uh, uh, you. Uh. Yeah. Are you. Are you telling me you're not a fan of DJ Khaled or whatever the fuck? Oh, <laughs> he's the worst. Fucking clown. Yeah, yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. So after season seven hits and after the all-star panel has had their light, you know, does season eight then come and start that cycle over, like working toward another all-star, all-star panel or what's the, what's the vision past season seven? Uh, eventually. Yeah. Season eight's already filmed. Uh, we have a oh, new wow. master panelist for season eight, Eddie Brill. If you look him up, he used to book Letterman for years. The guys were renowned as, uh, as can be. Uh, so we're really happy with, uh, with, with Eddie in season eight and, and a pretty cool panel. You got Julie Hagar from this Howard Stern show, Liz Mealy, Mike Bichetti also from the Stern show as well as Artie Lang show. So we, uh, we really kick it up a notch with, uh, in season eight with, uh, some of the names we've gotten in there. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Well, that's a good indication too. Mm-hmm. growth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying we to all strive for. Right. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, I think this, this casino show hits, then uh, that'll really be cool, and uh, you'll never hear from me again. <laughs> oh, oh we'll become the peons. Thanks so much, Kevin. We'll talk to you some other time. No. Can who? <laughs> So uh, I have down for people to check you out, comicswatchingcomics.com and kevingoatee.com. Now, I, you're also just available to watch on Amazon Prime, right? Uh, the first four seasons are on Amazon Prime. After that, it's, uh, it's going to cost you like the iTunes setup. You can buy an episode or the season. I ask that you buy the season because A, it's cheaper. B, uh, I've given you four seasons for free, for Christ's sakes. You know how good we are. <laughs> right now. Uh, and I find it's a shit out of my own pocket. So it's, it's, it's not... It's going to my pocket, not Amazon. I mean, a little going to Amazon's, but look, it's a lot. It's going to my pocket. So buy the seasons five, six, seven, eight, everything after that. Uh, but yeah, the first four for free. So that's how I hook you in. That's a hell of a hook, too. Four seasons, <laughs> yeah. my God. Well, the reason why is because those four seasons were on YouTube. That'd be kind of shitty for me to charge you for what you could have seen <laughs> yeah. a year ago. So I can see the logic in that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe they won't notice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Except the com- It's funny. The comics who were on like five and six like, hey, man, do I have to pay? Yes, you have to fucking pay. All right. <laughs> You're an Amazon video. You can't afford two bucks for the episode. Fuck you. <laughs> yes, you have to pay. I mean, it's always the better deal to buy the season anyway, sure, I think, yeah, when always. you're looking at those cases. I mean, what you, if you do the math, I mean, they obviously are giving you a better deal with the season purchase, correct? Exactly. Yeah. So, anyway, I'm and just I'm trying to push people that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know why you'd waste the time with an episode. Get the season. Get the season, people. Exactly. Kevin, is there anything else we need to touch on before we go? Kevin Goatee on Twitter. That's G with double O T double E on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Kevin Goatee.com for all my dates, uh, comics, bunch comics.com. You can see some behind the scenes stuff. You can see, um, you can order t-shirts, the t-shirt I have for sale there. 
20 bucks, including shipping uh, there as well. Check out uh, photos from the last, from the, uh, last taping. It's all there. We're going to be uh, putting links to all that stuff again on our uh, website, Facebook, uh, social media, all that happy horse shit. So uh, we're going to help get the word out on season six and get it in people's <laughs> that faces. Should be the title of this episode is happy horse shit. <laughs> I'd be the title of my fucking biography. <laughs> Kevin, I want to thank you for coming back, man. This has been a hell of a lot of fun. And we'll have to get you back on uh, in the future for future season releases. Always, always a pleasure talking to you indeed. Thanks again for the time. Always good conversation. And uh, go play Fireball Island for the love of Christ. It's a fucking laugh. Oh, I am so going to. <laughs> it looked uh, it looked awesome. Yeah. Next Candair plays. <laughs> there it is. Jack, what do we have on the website? Go to CandairPodcast.com where you can listen to the show, follow us on our social media, check out some of our YouTube videos, click the merch button and buy something, and check out our special guest page. And if you have any comments or complaints, send us an email on our contacts page. And don't forget, on Facebook and Twitter, we are at CannedAirPod. And on Instagram, we are at Canned underscore Air. Also, Patreon. Very important to us. Hopefully also important to you. Throw a couple of bucks our way. It's a huge help. Hit that $5 mark and you're in the Founders Club. And uh, not that I've uh, mentioned this to any of our listeners recently, but uh, you know we've been pushing the release of the upcoming, our second series, What If?, and uh, we were kind of worried that our, we weren't going to make our release date, but we got some news today that looks like things are chugging right along. Things are going yep. to be chugging along just It'll fine. Be just so fine. I again, I'm saying mid October. We're hoping for that launch. My God, that's right around the corner. That's <laughs> yeah. Holy shit, we need it's to like get four on. Four weeks away. Oh yeah, yeah. We need to get to work. Yep. Really quick. So. Uh, very excited for that, uh, and we hope you guys are too. Go to Twitter, find us at What If Series, same as on Facebook, right? It's What Dot If Series on Facebook. Okay, that one was a tough one to get a name. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard to find, isn't it? I had a hell of a time yep. on uh, finding uh, the Twitter handle, but anyway, yeah, uh, What If Series. Give us a follow. Be in the know when the show drops, and uh, be in on the ground floor. I'm so excited. What we've recorded thus Dude. far has been damn good. So. Uh, yeah, looking forward to that. But until then, uh, and until next time here, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. And Kevin Goatee from Comics Public Comics, only on Amazon Video. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate it, and I wish I did not fall asleep on the queue. <laughs> <You're fine. laughs> These things happen. <laughs> no, thank you for being here, and thanks, everyone, for listening. See this movie. But wait, Timmy's blind. But what am I supposed to do? Why not try a podcast? Spirit! Spirit. All the comic and pop culture entertainment you could want in the Candare podcast. Finally, a form of entertainment not fully reliant on visual stimulation. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Welcome to Skype call testing service.
After the beep, please record a message. Afterwards, your message will be played back to you. This makes me nervous. Hello, I missed you. You know, the worst part of recording is like the <laughs> sexual tension this test call woman brings to the whole occasion. Yeah, and I've got to be all frustrated the whole time. Hello, I missed you. You know, the worst part of recording is like the <laughs> sexual tension this test call woman brings to the whole occasion. Yeah. If you are able Sucks to hear your short. own voice, yeah. then you have configured Skype have correctly. If you hear this message, but not your own voice, then something is wrong with your audio Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, yeah, right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? <laughs> the Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and, and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripotis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.